Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. But I want to talk to you today as we begin to enter into a major shift about stepping into your Kairos time, stepping into your Kairos time. There's a Kairos time for you. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. There's a a Kairos time is an opportune time. It's that perfect moment, the favorable season. And there's a Kairos time for you. And there's a Kairos time for me. There's a Kairos time for us as Awakening House of Prayer. And there's a Kairos time in the body of Christ. And I feel like everything is just aligning right now in this Kairos moment. And we must learn to discern and step into it or we can miss it. Turn to your neighbors. They don't miss it. You can miss your Kairos moment. The good news is God is so gracious and merciful. There will be another, but you might have to wait a little while for it. I know I've missed Kairos moments in my life because I did not perceive what the spirit of God was doing. I missed the day of my visitation, but I learned from that mistake and I'm determined in my heart not to miss another Kairos moment to be so lockstep with the spirit of God that in any given moment, he can shift me 180 degrees and I won't question that it's him and that I'll run with great vigor and great fervor for the glory of God. Amen. Father, I thank you today for the anointing of the Spirit of God. I thank you, Lord, that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to understand what you're saying to the church in this season. I thank you, Lord, that you just make it plain in Jesus' name. Now, today I'm ministering about the Kairos, but I'm speaking also about a shift in our ministry, uh, specifically Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, and it will affect AHOP. So there's sort of a two-in-one going on here. So pay attention, especially if you're yoked with us, because this affects you in a very good way. From about 1999 to about 2003, I was going through one of the worst trials in my life. How many of you have periods like that? You can remember those were some bad years. Those were some of the worst years of my life. And I won't go into the whole story. Many of you know that my husband ran off and left me behind with my daughter, who was two years old at the time, ended up getting arrested, going to jail for something I did not do. I was fully vindicated, released, and lost everything. Absolutely lost everything I had. I had nothing. I had just a few thousand dollars to my name, nowhere to go. I was staying with my parents and I was just praying and crying out to God. I heard the audible voice of the Lord and here's what he said. Stay calm. Be patient. Your time is coming. Now, I did not fully comprehend what it was he meant. I understand what he means when he says stay calm. 
I understand what it means to be patient. I understand uh, philosophically what it means that my time is coming, but I could not have told you in that moment what he was really talking about. But I wrote it down. And I, every time I would go through a trial, the Lord would re- bring those words back to my remembrance. Stay calm. Be patient. Your time is coming. I would grow weary at times waiting on the promise in the face of the intense warfare. But I kept holding on to this promise. And I kept warring with this promise. How many of you know when you're going through seasons of intense trials, you do, you do. You get a little weary, you do. The best of us, the strongest of us, weariness comes to attack us. See, Galatians 6 and 9 says, Do not grow weary in well-doing, because in due season you will reap if you do not faint. What you have to understand about that verse is when it says in due season, it's talking about the kairos. In due season, in the Kairos time, you will reap if you do not faint. We have to go through all kinds of trials and tribulations sometimes to get to the promise. The Bible says by faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Sometimes it takes a lot longer than we'd like it to. But the reality is, is God's timing is perfect. Amen. His timing is perfect. He's never late. Sometimes I thought he was, but he's not. He's always on time. The word for due season is kairos. And here's what that means. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the Greek definition. It means a fitting season, an opportune time, an occasion. It comes from the Greek word kara, referring to things coming to a head. Come on. How many of you have felt in this season that things are coming to a head, that something's just got to change there? We must be on the verge of something really shifting. We don't know what it is. I can't put it into words. There's no way I can articulate it, but you just feel that things are coming to a head. That is a clue to you that your Kairos is getting very close. Hallelujah. Coming to a head to take full advantage. Kairos is the suitable time, the right moment, the favorable moment. The Lord told me, stay calm, be patient. Your time is coming. And nearly 15 years later, somebody say 15 years later. Nearly 15 years later, in 2015, the Lord said to me while I was in worship, sitting in his presence, just adoring who he was, he said to me, this is your time. And I immediately knew what he meant because I'd been holding on to that promise for 15 years through every trial, through every disappointment. Stay calm. Be patient. Your time is coming. And then suddenly out of nowhere, I wasn't expecting it. It wasn't my imagination. Out of thin air comes the voice of God saying, this is your time. Hallelujah. And your time is coming, beloved. If it's not here, it's coming. This is a Cairo season. Oh, shorabah. Turn to your neighbor right now and just say, your time is coming. Turn behind you. Tell somebody, your time is coming. We've got to hold on hope. Like Pastor Christine said in the worship, it, the, the hope deferred makes the heart sick. Some of you have been sick in heart because you've been waiting so long. You've been weary. You almost don't even believe the promise anymore. But I decree today that your kairos is closer than you think. The enemy would not be trying so hard to get you to give up if there wasn't something good this car right around the corner. Hallelujah. God is so good. I'm walking in my Kairos. Ever since then, ever since God said it's your time, I mean doors have been flinging open. You know, you can't make a door open. God opens doors that no man can shut and closes doors that no man can shut. He opens doors that no man can open. You know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, these are not things that I tried to do. 
I've been all over the world. I've been on every major TV broadcast. I've written best-selling books. I mean, it just flung wide open. When you get in your Kairos time, favor begins to chase you. When you get in your Kairos time, the light of God begins to shine down on you. People just want to bless you and they don't know why. It's called a Kairos time. It's an opportune time. And we've got to take advantage of the Kairos because it doesn't last forever. We've got to step into the Kairos and say, I'm going to run it for everything that it's worth. There's a season there's a grace and i've been now i've been walking it now for almost four years and I, I'm, I'm believing just my kairos will just last the rest of my life praise god but i'm in an opportune time there's a fitting season for you i believe the entire body of christ is in a kairos time i want to give you a picture a big picture and then we're going to drive it down to the personal level but i believe the whole body of christ is in a kairos time we're seeing major ministries all over the earth not just in the United States, but also in Europe, doing major shifts. IHOP has reset. The call ended, the send rising. There's many other ministries that are embracing this shift in one way or another. It's not all the same shift. It's a different shift. But it seems like the whole body of Christ is shifting. And I submit to you today that what the Lord is doing is trying to prepare a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle so that he can come back and take us up to heaven in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I said his return is closer than we think. I don't know when he's coming back, but I believe that we may very well be in the generation of the Lord's return. You have to understand the times and the seasons. You can add my ministry to that list. I just returned from Singapore and Indonesia, and I never in my life endured such an attack, both on my mind and in my body at the same time. Usually it's one or the other. I mean, this was just a major, I didn't think it was going to stop. I couldn't cast down the imaginations fast enough. Have anybody else ever had that happen? This was an intense battle. Plus, I had jet lag. Plus, I was teaching eight hours a day on the spirit of Jezebel on a broadcast that was going to three quarters of the world in 15 languages. So, I mean, I've got <laughs> all kinds of stuff coming at me. It was crazy. And in the middle, I'm like, Prophet Vanessa, I don't know about this. Something's got to change. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I've never seen such a, like, I can't even, I just, you know, I had to go do the teaching anyway, but I just couldn't. It was like, oh, it was so hard. God's grace was on me, but it was so hard. And she said to me, she says, there's a shift coming. There's a shift coming while we're here. And I said, all right, believe the prophets and you shall prosper. Sometimes you cannot hear the Lord, the voice of the Lord for yourself. That is why you have to surround yourself with prophetic people who love you and who can tell you what God is saying when you can't see straight. I kept telling her, I can't see and I meant in the spirit, because I see in the spirit. I couldn't see. All I could do was hear all these vain imaginations. It was crazy. I was sick in my body. I was getting hit in my mind. We went the next night to have dinner with this billionaire and his family. He was a, he's a billionaire businessman, and he's Chinese, and he lives in Singapore. And he's, I mean, he's like, a, he's literally a billionaire. And we're having dinner at this nice place. I did a Facebook Live from the top of the roof, Marina Bay. And we're there and he's telling all these stories of all these things he's done in ministry and all these great exploits that he's done. And I'm sitting there, my jaw is like hanging on the table. I'm like, this is it. This is what it's about. This man has the right idea. He's doing the real stuff. Because how many of you know in the American church today, it's about another webinar and it's about another conference and it's about another goosebump and it's about another sign and a wonder that might even be true. It's just gotten so commercial and so merchandisey and we've forgotten about the thing that means more than anything 
anything else, which is souls. I'm not against webinars. I'm not against goosebumps. I'm not against conferences. But when that's all our ministry consists of and that's all we care about, then we've missed it. All the apostles in the, in the New Testament, they preached the gospel. They went around to different cities, not just planning the church, but getting people saved and making disciples. When we get our mind off souls, we have missed the mark. And this guy was telling me about all these evangelistic exploits. And we went into the bathroom and I'm like carrying my jaw from the floor with me. Cause I'm like, just some of the things he said, I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is it. And I had no idea what was going on in the moment we got in the car. He drove us back to our hotel. And when you're with a billionaire, who's also a man of God, how many of you know, you want to shut up and listen, I didn't talk a whole lot. But before we got out of the car, I said this. I said, man of God, do you have any advice for me? That's what you want to do. Let me just give you a lesson. When you're around people that are influential and smart and spiritual, we need to quit yakking our jaws and begin to learn. I said, man of God, do you have any advice for me? And he began to prophesy. I was looking for just some advice. He began to prophesy. He began to prophesy. He said, I think you're looking in some of the wrong places. And I see this shift. He said, when you go to Indonesia, your entire ministry is going to radically shift. He says, I see it. He says, you know that you're going to preach in this mega church. He said, it gets six. It takes six months to get anybody in there. Marilyn Hickey goes there. Uh, Shea On goes there. Cindy Jacobs goes there. It takes six months for them to even consider you. And they said, I, he said, I called them and they said, yes, bring her in. He said, that doesn't happen. God is opening a wide door for you in this nation. Something is shifting. Something is happening. And when you're there, you're going to receive something that you can't even comprehend. And I recorded all this on my phone and I, I still didn't know what he meant. He's talking about shepherding and all these things. I have no idea what he's talking about. I asked, I asked prophet Vanessa, did you bear witness to that? Cause I, I like my, I, like my spirit, I feel it's true, but my mind is like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're saying. That's why you got to record a thing. Because many times your your soul doesn't immediately get it. And you'll dismiss it if you can't hear it again and pray into it. I had no idea what the shift could be. But I've been sensing a shift for a very long time. And we've seen Awakening House of Prayer starting to rise up in different nations of the earth. And we have a plan and a strategy to, to propagate these, to propagate prayer in the world, you know. God told me to make prayer my life's work in 2012. So I knew that things have shifting. I felt the rumbling, even coming out of the old building into this building and some of the staff changes that we've had. It's all been a shaking and a shifting, and I haven't understood it. But then the Lord showed me when I was in Indonesia, which was also very rough for the first couple of days. He showed me when we were in Indonesia that we really need to not stop prophesying, not stop having revival meetings, not stop doing webinars, not stop equipping people. But we need to focus a lot more on souls and discipleship. I believe the Lord is coming back, might be 20 years, but Dutch Sheets just prophesied that the billion soul harvest that Bob Jones prophesied is imminent. He said, it is upon us. And we have to be part of what God is doing. Mike Bickle taught me this. He said, if you want to be fruitful with your life, find out what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing in any given generation and get on board with that. 
And I'm telling you right now, he's focused on souls. When I was uh, a member of the Apostolic Council, Prophetic Elders, and we have this backroom meeting every year, and there was prophets from all over the nation on the second day, all over the world on the second day, and spontaneously, we're just going to prophesy over nations, spontaneously, this travail broke out, and this cry for souls, souls, souls. And in that moment, the prophets from the nations of the world birthed a new evangelism movement. And even then, I didn't get it. Even then, watching that, taking part of that, it still didn't penetrate my heart to the point that it needs to. It might not penetrate some of your hearts today to the point that it needs to, but I know you're going to get it. I know you're going to make that shift to see. How many of you have lost loved ones? Amen. I'm telling you, their kairos is soon. The opportune time for the seeds that you've sown to spring up and for them to receive Jesus Christ, it's soon. Don't give up. So it's more of an intentional focus on souls. I'm building web pages. I'm creating new YouTube videos, even videos to where it's not religious. It's just, I've had a divorce. How do I cope? And you minister to them. And in the end, you give them the scripture and you show them the Lord. There's so much religion. We have the answers, but we couch it in Christianese to where nobody who doesn't know Jesus can even understand what we're talking about. So it's a full sale shift. We're going to begin doing stadium crusades. We're going to begin, uh, we're going to begin a free uh, school of ministry here for the community on Sunday afternoons just to raise up and disciple people so that we can raise up gospel preachers and leaders and worshipers and prayer warriors. It's going to be a, it's going to be absolutely free. We're going to be doing a lot as the ministry shifts, but we need to be like the sons of Issachar having understanding of the times in our life and in the world around us. The signs of the times are all around us. Matthew 16, verses 2 and 3. Jesus said, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and overcast. Oh, you hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the kairos. God has given us his word. He's given us his spirit. We have discernment. We must not get so wrapped up in our bubble. Listen, I know this isn't a tickle your ear message today. That's all right. We'll get to the good part in a minute. Sometimes we need to be challenged in our faith because the Lord is going to come back sooner or later. Matthew, and here's the thing. The devils know their Kairos time. This is why the spiritual warfare against you is so intense. He knows with every passing day, his time is shorter. Let me read you the scripture here. Matthew 8, verses 28 and 29. When he came, who's he? Jesus Christ. When he came to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two men possessed with demons. Anybody possessed with demons today? You're good? Okay. Thank God. Coming out of the tombs, extremely fierce, so that no one might pass by the way. Suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the Kairos? Have you come here to torment us? There's more than one Kairos time in your life, aren't you glad? There's more than one. There's Even if you never miss one, there's more than one. They're just favorable seasons. There are just opportune times to do certain things. There's an opportunity, there's a Kairos moment for you to have children if you're married. There's a perfect time. There's a Kairos time for you to do many things in life. There's a perfect time. More than one. Actually, there's 86 examples of the new, in the New Testament of Kairos. I looked at all of them. I'm going to just show you a few so you can sort of see how this is used in scripture. First Peter 4 and 17. For the time, the Kairos. For the Kairos has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. And if it begins first with us, what shall the end be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? 
First Peter 5 and 5, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in the kairos. See, there's a due time, there's a kairos moment for your promotion, for your promotion at work, for your promotion in the spirit. Many times we try to make things happen, but we can't make anything happen and sustain it. Anything we do to make something happen, we're going to have to keep do to keep it. You know, if you, if you have to, whatever you do to get something, you're going to have to keep doing it to keep it. That's why I like to get things through prayer and hard work and sowing in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. First Peter four and one. Now the spirit clearly says that in the last times in the Kairos, some will depart from the faith and pay attention to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Second Timothy three and one. Know this in the last days, pair of the perilous Kairos will come. Second Timothy four and three for the Kairos will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but they will gather to themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, having itching ears. Ephesians five and six make the most of the Kairos because the days are evil in Romans eight verse 18 for I consider that the sufferings of this present Kairos are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. I know life is hard. I don't know how unbelievers get through it, honestly. Life is hard. Life is not easy. People that we love die. We get sick in our bodies. We have all kind of calamity and all kind of junk on TV that wants to scare us. Life is not easy, but God is good. And we have to be about our father's business because the days are evil. The days are evil. So how do you, let's bring this now, let's bring this home to you. How do you discern your Kairos time? What do you do? How do you prepare? How do you make sure you don't miss it? What are you supposed to do? I I mean, I'm sure most of you by now are convinced of this Kairos thing. It's all over the Bible. I'm walking, I'm telling you, Awakening House of Prayer is in a Kairos time. My ministry is in a Kairos time. And if you're part of this ministry, you can step right on into that. I told you a few weeks ago that we're in a season of great grace for growth. Great grace for growth. And I might be teaching on that next month. I don't know, I'm waiting on the Lord. Here's a few practical keys to discerning your Kairos time. Number one, you sense a rumbling in your life. There's just some things that are kind of shaken, some things that are just a little bit unstable, some things that didn't maybe work out the way that you thought them that they were going to. When you when you feel that rumbling or that 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 shaking, ask the Lord, what is going on? What is happening? He'll tell you. I've been feeling this rumbling for the past couple of years and you know with this with the ministry and You know, I've been asking the Lord, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to shift? I knew that there was a shift coming. I knew there was something I needed to do that I wasn't catching on to. Because I've always said, I'm not an evangelist. I prophesy, I can build, I can teach, I can counsel and love on people. But the evangelistic grace is my weakest grace. I'm not an evangelist. But guess what? I have a major media platform that goes into the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. I can use the platform God has given me to preach the gospel in a digital age to more people than I could ever reach going to stadium to stadium. Sometimes things don't look the way that you thought they were going to look. Sometimes God shifts you and you're like, well, I'm like a fish out of water. That's all right. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. Number two, think back to the prayers that you've prayed. Want to discern your Kairos time? 
Things start to shift. Things start to change. They start to rumble. You feel like you're missing it. You feel like there's more. You feel like there's, there, there's just something else that you're not seeing. Think back to the prayers you've prayed. Are they coming to pass in a different way than you imagined? Many times God will answer your prayer and it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Therefore, you don't see it as an answer. You see it as a happenstance. You see it as a circumstance, as a random manifestation of something going on when it's really the Lord. I think also that when we pray in the spirit, we're speaking mysteries. When we pray in the spirit, we're praying the perfect prayer. We don't know what we're praying. But I believe many times when we're praying in the spirit, I was probably when I was going, I was probably saying, Lord, shift my ministry. Open my eyes to the desperation of souls that are going to hell. I didn't know that's what I was praying, but I'm sure of it now. I'm sure of it now. I'm sure of it now. I always pray, Lord, use me however you want to use me. I remember many years ago, I used to watch Catherine Kuhlman on YouTube all the time. And one thing she said, and I've repeated this prayer many times, and don't do it if you're not serious, because God will take you up on it. Catherine Coleman said, <laughs> Catherine Coleman would say, Lord, if, if there's anything in me that you can use, she said, I'm just a, a poor old girl from Missouri. But if there's anything in me that you can use, I surrender it to you. I am laying my life down for you. And I pray these kind of prayers all the time. So it's no surprise to me at some measure when the Lord dramatically shifts from what I feel comfortable doing into something that he wants done. Think back to the prayers that you've prayed. Number three, prepare for the promise. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. You don't want the Kairos time to come upon you and you're not ready for it. What are you doing right now? You have to act every day. You know how I became very successful as a freelance writer, earned the top 1% of my field for 25 years? Because I was always ready. I was always up early. I was always checking my email. So the assignments came and I grabbed them before everybody else. I was always willing and able to do things other people weren't. What are you doing right now to prepare yourself for the opportunity? What are you doing right now to prepare yourself for the favorable time that the Lord has for you? What are you doing spiritually? What are you doing relationally? What are you doing financially? Before I went into full-time ministry, I made it a point to get out of debt. I didn't want to be behest to people. And the fastest way to wealth creation is debt cancellation. So I got out of debt. Now I don't worry about money. I'm not like some of these grubby preachers that they're, you know, well, Luke 32, 15, and you're going to give $32.15 for the next 12 days. And you're going to... This is why people do that stuff, because they don't trust God for money. Oh, Bashe. Number four, dig out your prophetic words. What prophetic words may point to the time you're entering? Just recently, I want to say, maybe a, less, than, less than a month ago. No, it was actually on January the 5th. I was home. I don't know where I'd been. IHOP or somewhere. And I went back and I looked at a lot of the prophetic words that have been spoken over my life, just looking for clues because I knew something was shifting. I could feel it and I did not know what to do. And God doesn't always just blow a trumpet and put a big neon sign and, you know, dun, 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 this is the way. He wants you to pursue. He wants you to press in. He wants relationship. It's like Holy Ghost hide and seek. But if you keep seeking, you're going to find it. And I'm going back through all the prophetic words because I'm feeling the rumbling. I'm feeling the shaking. And today I went back again and I looked to look for an example for you. And I found a word that Apostle Jonathan Stidham 
my spiritual son sent to me on January the 5th as I was going through these prophetic words. And he sent me a picture of a stadium with all these people. And he said, I just saw in the spirit you preaching the gospel in stadiums all over the world. And there's not a nation that God won't open up to you if you ask him because you're just about his will and not yours. And it was this picture of stadium evangelism. He saw it before I did. Sometimes the prophetic words will unlock for you what it is that you couldn't see with your own eyes. Number five, stay alert, watch and pray. Stay alert, watch and pray. Because you can miss your Kairos moment if you're not spiritually minded. Half of this happened because this woman, or how the Lord brought it to pass, there's this woman, she emailed Awakening House of Prayer and was giving her story and how her father had passed away and, you know, they were really praying for a breakthrough to continue with some of his businesses and, you know, we have just a lot of people contact us all that's like probably more than a thousand people a week. You can't even read all the emails. You much less respond to them, much less, you know, get involved in all this, you know, deep counseling. You just can't. It's just not possible. And something about that email caused Prophet Vanessa to say, hey, this lady contacted us. Maybe you want to look at it. And I looked at it. And then I looked up the woman who it was and I found out who she was. And she says... She just really wants to connect. And I said, well, I'm going to be in Singapore in February. Maybe we can have dinner. And we went and had dinner, and it was her brother who was the billionaire businessman who prophesied all this to me. If we had not gotten that email, how many of you know, God, if you're spiritually alert, she was spiritually alert to see that. What if nobody had answered that email? What if nobody was on the ball? You see, it's so important to stay alert spiritually and have people around you that understand, okay, this is not just another email. This is one that has been illuminated to me. Pay attention. Stay spiritually alert. I wouldn't be saying all this right now. It might have taken me a month, two months, three months, six months, a year to get this revelation if God had not ordered our steps through a woman in Singapore to her billionaire brother who opened the door for me to go into Indonesia. Isn't that, can you see like how the Lord works? It's just crazy. But you've got to stay spiritually alert. Number six, once you've discerned it's your Kairos time, quickly get into agreement with God quickly get into agreement with God. Honestly, it wasn't a second thought for me. When he, when he showed me about the souls, it, I, it didn't argue with him at all. When I was younger in the Lord, I might sort of resist. Like, I, I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that Lord. But now I've learned after all these years, when the Lord wants to do something, that's where the provision is. That's where the grace is. That's where the, and that's where the eternal rewards are. And I've gotten to the age now that I'm much less concerned about physical money in my bank account, of which I have plenty. And I'm much more concerned with eternal rewards because eternity is a long, long time. And whatever money I have in my bank account ain't going to do me a bit of good unless I sow it into the preaching of the gospel for the eternal rescuing of souls. Amen. Number seven. We're going to close with this one. Surrender your will to the Lord and hold on. He wants to take you for a wild ride. So many of you, you're, you're bored with your life. Guess what? You know how to stop being bored with your life? Get involved with the church. Get involved in what the Lord is doing. Begin to go out on our evangelism team and preach the gospel. Begin to serve. Vacuum the floor if you have to. Be part of a spiritual family that's on fire for God, where the Holy Spirit is flowing, where prophecy is manifesting, where people are getting delivered, healed, and yes, saved in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
I'm telling you, there's a Kairos time for you. It's probably closer than you think. I felt impressed to share this and encourage you. I know life is hard, but God is good. And God can make up to you everything from every past season where you were robbed from, hurt, destroyed, deluged, all these things. God is good. Somebody give God a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. In a moment, we're going to pray for you if you need prayer. I want to challenge you to give today. Our giving has been just so far down since we moved into this new facility. It doesn't make any sense. There's way more of you here. And I need you, especially if you're members, you know, give consistently. If I'm not here, don't not give because I'm not here. I found out last a uh, couple weeks ago that I wasn't here and then nobody gave. And I, I, I was very, very disappointed in that. And I know that some of you did, but some of you weren't here. But I was just shocked. We're giving into the kingdom, not a person, not a church. Amen. And some of you today, I feel like if you'll sow a shift seed, God will open your eyes to some things that you haven't seen. If you'll sow into this cause of souls, because that's what we need. We need to raise more funds, not just from you guys, but like out in the world, bringing the wealth of the, of the wicked into the house of the righteous so that we can go into the highways and the byways and preach the gospel. I want to see a lot of local evangelism going on. I want to get a lot of free stuff to give away the meet their uh, physical needs before we meet their spiritual needs. And all of that costs money. It's not about a building and it's not about a budget. It's about souls. So today I want to challenge you so generously. It's about the souls and make your seed a shift seed today and believe God that as you sow for the eyes of the lost to be open, that he will open your eyes as well to the some things that you need to see. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So today I want you to give and I want you to just do a little jig, a little dance, a little a little jump, a little hop, a little skip, and a big smile when you come to bring your offering. If you need an envelope, hallelujah, can we have some music? If you want to use the text to give, if you want to use Cash App, it's Awakening Hop. You can use the Cash App if you want to. It's dollar sign Awakening Hop. If you're making a check, make that out to Ahop. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask you, Lord, as they sow this shift seed, that you would open their eyes to mysteries, that you would open their eyes to things to come, because your word tells us the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. But some of us have been blinded by weariness, God. Some of us have been blinded by just disappointment and hope deferred, making our hearts sick, God, and we haven't been able to see what we need to see, the keys that are there, the keys to freedom, the keys to increase, God. Today, as we sow into the salvation of souls, the opening of the eyes of the blind spiritually open our eyes to God I ask you to multiply this back to the givers for your glory this has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast we're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible <laughs>